Hey there, this is Larry, and I'm here with Armin. You're about to listen to a great episode. But before you do, we want to let you know that we're now podcasting over at the Bold Idea Podcast. That's right, and we're not adding any new episodes to Reinventure Me, but we think you're really going to like what we're doing on the Bold Idea Podcast. We're interviewing some great guests and packing ideas and inspiration to help you put your faith to work to bring your idea to life. So when you're done with this episode, go check it out at boldideapodcast.com. Episode 122 of the Reinventure Me Podcast. Whether in life or business, how you go deeper in conversation can be the difference between a satisfying relationship or one that's just tolerated. We're going to talk about moving beyond small talk today. Find your next great beginning. Welcome to the Reinventure Me Podcast. With your hosts, Larry Gates and Armin Asadi. Hello, welcome to show 122 of the Reinventure Me podcast. This is Larry Gates. <laughs> and Armin Asadi. And Armin had a bet that I would not be able to get that introduction in in the space allotted. And I'm like, yeah, I got it in there. Chest bumps and awe. Hence <laughs> <laughs> me cracking up. <laughs> well, this is the behind the scenes peak. And you'll never know all the stuff that <laughs> stayed on the cutting room floor. But. <laughs> Hey, this is the podcast for What's Next in Life. Thanks for joining us. We know there are thousands of podcasts out there, and you have the privilege of listening to one very special podcast that not a lot of people listen to. So thank you for being off the rails yeah, <laughs> along we're with in the thousands. <laughs> we are. Well, we're in the thousands, but we're not in the top of the show. So, you know, we we like to think of our audience as elite listeners. <laughs> That's right. You know, did I tell you somebody told me that our podcast and Anley Stanley's is the only one he listens to. Are you serious? Yeah, he said that. And I said, don't tell me that. Tell Andy Stanley. <laughs> That's right. So we can get him on here. <laughs> <laughs> well, just so he knows that we're out there. You know? That's right. It's like, I mean, everybody knows about Anley Stanley's podcast. And now there we are. <laughs> so we, <laughs> we are here to help you explore new ways to reinvent your life, your opportunities, and the ventures you're made to pursue. You know at the top of the show, this is episode 122, which means reinventure.me slash 122 is where you can find the show notes. Now, that's more than just us telling you show notes live out there because, frankly, you can have those delivered to your inbox. If you just go to reinventure.me, put in your email address, and all this good stuff will just come to your inbox every Thursday morning, and you'll you'll know when the show's published. You'll be able to listen to it, obviously, whenever you like. But what we like to do, in, as you know, is to invite you to be part of that show by sounding off tell us your comments give us your suggestions make your voice known and right. let us know what you think yeah so why don't we kick this off yeah i'm eager to get into this conversation I know you are yeah so am i so I, I, don't, I don't even know if we teed this up but we haven't i guess what we're talking about today is that we're trying to talk about the whole idea of how to move beyond small talk and i don't know about you, I don't know how often you get caught up in small talk. Yeah, we just had a little bit of it, and so now we're, it's time to move on. Right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and and for me, it's a big deal because I kind of get tired of it. So that's what we're talking about. And I know, Larry, you like a lot more of a deeper conversation than you do the small talk. So. I didn't start out that way, though. I mean, I married, really? I married a very deep woman with Anna, and she didn't have a very long tolerance for small talk. So uh, yeah. she really taught me the art of going deeper. That's good. Yeah. You needed it, probably. <laughs> well, let's <laughs> kick off with an Inspire Me, though, shouldn't All we? right, yeah. So this is from Ralph Waldo Emerson. He says, it is not the length of life, but the depth. Yes. That's awesome, because that's really 
basically what we're going to be talking about is how to get out of the small talk and get into the deep conversation. Yeah, right. And, you know, this is something that I think all of us can benefit from, not only in our personal relationships, but our business relationships, too. It's so easy to just have conversations with people. In fact, work with people. Yeah. And not really get to know who they are as people. Doesn't that boggle your mind? There's people you meet or they've worked with colleagues for years and then you ask them one deep question they have no idea. You know, one of the things that astonished me when I left Cray was when you're in a work setting and you're working with a bunch of people, you're very collegial, you're working on things, you might even be laughing and you'll go to the company parties and you know, you'll have pizza together and whatever. Mm-hmm. But then as soon as you leave that context, very few people stay in touch with you. Yeah. And I remember one guy who had left Cray and after I reached out to him when I started my business, he was like, well, you know, where were you when I left Cray before, you know, you started your business and you're trying to make connection? You know, it's kind of, it was a very indicting wow. comment that basically was like, I left Cray and people I thought were friends aren't really friends. And yeah. it's astonishing how that happens. And I think obviously when you're in a work environment, you have a shared common experience that people can relate to. Right. And sometimes when then you leave, they don't know how to relate to you anymore, or you may not conversely know how to relate to what's going on in their world. Well, the basis of your relationship was work. And because the whole basis of the relationship was work. Yeah. Yeah. Never really took it beyond really what was small talk or maybe just professional talk at the time. Right. Yeah. So let's start off with just asking a simple question and I'll direct this to you. Why is even the topic of going deeper, getting beyond small talk important to you? I would say that somewhere in my 20s, maybe it was a little bit later, but you know how you revise time when you start to look back on your life. Somewhere along those lines, I stopped thinking about people as, I don't want to say a means to an end, but as part of a work objective. You know what Mm -hmm. I'm saying? That Especially at work. I stopped looking at people as people that are sharing a common task together and I need to find a way to make that work Mm -hmm. and started really thinking about them as their own people. Like what do they do when, when they leave the work setting? And that's been one of the motivators for me. This seems like this is one of those topics that talking about small talk and going deeper, there's actually a good art to small talk. There's a good reason to, engage really just with people in small talk. And a lot of people don't know how to do that. They fall on one of two sides of that. They either don't engage at all and they appear aloof or, (laughs) you know, like they don't care. Um, or maybe they're just transactional. They'll just stick to the business. I did meet somebody just recently. I mean, I had an opportunity to, through a connection, meet somebody at their office and it was, just highly transactional. It's like, okay, what are you here for? Blah, blah, blah. There was zero, zero small talk. This person engaged in zero small talk. I tried to open that up and I found just shut it down. No interest, right? (laughs) I got a a little bit of time. (laughs) Tell me why you're here. Let's get on with it. And you know, while it was good, we exchanged information, my sense of it, and I'm guessing it would be for them as well, that there was not any connection, you know, because we didn't have that opportunity to do it. So to me, that's a very transactional approach, which is why you have to break down a little bit, I think, in small talk. Otherwise, you can just get that. Sure, yeah. And so I think it's important to do that. So that was a not engaging kind of approach. Or the other is, and I think we've all met people like this too, I mean, is that that's all they do is they, yeah. they, they don't go beyond it and they just, the, small talk is everything. Mm-hmm. You know, they'll talk about sports or weather or whatever. Sure. And you never, even if you try, you never get anything deeper from them. So I think you can err on two sides of that. But small talk's important. 
It is. This isn't to say it isn't. Right. And we should think about and talk about how to make that better. But you tell me, why why is this an important topic for you? You said you were looking forward to it. Yeah. Well, first and foremost, I completely agree. Small talk is important just because it is the basic way that we make a human connection and we can't dismiss that, right? Mm-hmm. But I think we live in a culture or society that is predominantly small talk, right? Mm-hmm. So I think it being a form of connection is one thing, but it being the form of conversation is another thing. That's what we do and we just stay there. Yeah, you know, as you're talking, it just occurred to me that a lot of times I think maybe we take the metaphor off of Twitter, you know, and everything has to fit into this 140 140 characters characters stream and and sometimes we never really go deeper. And maybe Facebook is part of that too because we're always wanting to present the soundbite, the thing about our lives that's quick and easy to digest Yeah, and usually upbeat. (laughs) You know, we don't even want to post anything out on social media that might be real about how we might be feeling well yeah yeah because you can't avoid getting attacked at some point yeah or... unless it's frustration with an airline for screwing up your baggage or something then everybody just, agrees with then you. everybody <laughs> agrees with you and, and, and secretly you're hoping that the airline will notice your tweet and and give you some kind of compensation <laughs> sure, for, yeah. the, for the for the social problem you created for right. but, you know mostly i think you're right yeah that, that we have devolved into a culture that is more transactional, much more small talkish. Yeah, I mean, and just back to the social media thing. I mean, we've we have learned more and more, and being trained more and more to talk in sound bites, mm-hmm. right? So right. rather than actual in depth conversation, where somebody might actually ask you a question based on an opinion that you just stated, and you no longer get to regurgitate that quote you saw on Facebook or Twitter, you actually have to explain it. And now, what do you do? Yeah, I think we all live lives in some ways that are not very defensible. Right. Because we haven't spent the time thinking about what we actually believe. Mm -hmm. And we kind of skirt around all that. Yeah. And don't really go into that. Right. Let me answer that question. Why is it important? Maybe I'll pose a question. But think back to the times that you've had interactions with people that stick out to you the most, whether they were leaders, people that you hired, whatever it might be. But people that stick out to you the most... Um, in terms of just actually meeting them for a few minutes or five minutes, 10 minutes, whatever it might be. But think about the people who stick out to you the most. Has it ever been someone who just does basic, boring sports, weather, small talk? (laughs) Not for me. Right? In part because if you're really good at that, you're probably also a nerd at that. You know, it's kind of yeah. like you know all the stats. Right. For me, I wouldn't, you know, so it could, I could only go so far with small talk. Right. And, then, and then I want to go a little deeper. But for me, I think if influence is important to you, if networking is important to you, if leaving a mark is important to you, if being memorable, if building relationships and creating a network that you can actually tap into and help people that you know and help people you just met, and if you have anything around those things I just listed off as a priority to you, conversation is a big piece of it. You can't just be a small talk master without actually being able to connect with someone on a personal level and take it to a deeper conversation. You can try to network all you want. You can gather cards all you want, but your goal at the end of the day is hopefully going to be getting a response. If they don't remember you, they don't care. Yeah. You know? Yeah. For me, I, I want to leave a mark. And I always remember those leaders, even if they're leaders and I'm I, I'm just looking up to them, but I always remember the ones that share stories or do something that makes me 
even when they're done talking, I'm not saying anything because I'm still trying to process what they just said to mm-hmm. me, right? Those are the people I'll never forget. But here's the other part of it. Those are the people I always talk about. Yeah. Right? I, I become a marketing machine for them, mm-hmm. right? So how, how many stories have I shared about you? This isn't like a brown nosing session here, but <laughs> do I talk about the times that we talked about some random small talk? How's the weather? How's your lemon tree that's always dying? <laughs> that's not small for me. <laughs> I'm in a crisis with my lemon tree. <laughs> but I, I, I do have those conversations where you're having these deep moments with me where I'm falling apart or I'm right. losing my mind or emotionally drowning or whatever it is. And it, yeah. it's those conversations that we have. I go home and talk about, I go tell my friends about, you yeah. know, it's advice I end up sharing, but it's because it's profound, it's deep, it's real and it's impactful. Yeah. Right. It, and we don't often take time to enter into that. And I think in large part, because we feel like we have to fill up the vacuum of space Yeah, and always have something going on. I think many of us guard ourselves it's a defensive mechanism yeah. to put on the posture of small talk yeah and we don't allow people to come inside and and deal deeper with the questions about our own life because yeah. in many ways we've, we can feel challenged by it that's true so let me ask you a question around that you said we feel challenged by it what aspects of going deeper or getting beyond the small talk do you think we as people find the most challenging that prevent us from going deep I was talking with somebody the other day. Interesting, we were kind of going deep on this a little bit. This is a pastor friend of mine, and he said, you know, every one of us has deep, deep insecurities. That's true. It's totally true. Yeah. And I think we don't want to be reminded of that, and we don't necessarily want to confess it. You know, Mm. I remember the book by Brene Brown, Daring Greatly, and she says in that book, Vulnerability is the one thing I want to see in you is the first thing I want to see in you. And the last thing I want you to see in me. (laughs) And I think that that's really what it comes down to. If you want to go deeper in relationship, vulnerability is a requirement of that. Sure. Yeah. And the ability to ask good questions. You know, we talked in episode five, was it on identity about the Thomas Merton questions? Yeah. What are you here for? And what's keeping you from it? Two questions. I always forget. Yeah. But those, (laughs) but, but they're, those are going deeper questions. Sure. Yeah. Those are the kinds of questions where if you want to open that up and you can do that, not only in a personal relationship where you're Mm -hmm. trying to go deeper with a person, perhaps outside of a business context, but you can also do it in a business context. It's like, you know, what are we trying to do here and what's keeping us from it? And let's deal with that in not just a clinical way, but let's talk about our contribution to that. Mm -hmm. And oftentimes in order to get somebody to go deeper, you've got to be willing to go first. (laughs) And that's the scary part. I mean, so the question really is you can transform these relationships, but it's good in theory. Mm -hmm. You know, you're like, yeah, I'd like that. I'd like to have all that. I'd like to have people confessing that stuff to me and feeling open enough with me. Mm -hmm. But then we're not willing to do that ourselves. So true. It's always the people who want to have the deep conversation and who are disappointed from not having a deep conversation, but they always end up waiting rather than leading the conversation. Well, I've been told by people that I can be intimidating by the questions that I ask because it it may unnerve them a little bit. And I remember my friend Jeff, I was on the phone with him and I was asking him some questions about how things were going for him and probing him in that way. And I don't think he said this out of intimidation at all because I know him and he knows me well enough and, and we don't have this issue with each other. But he asked a very penetrating question. It was years ago and I still have not forgotten it. He said, Larry, he says, I've asked you how you're doing and you're not as forthcoming with me and I'm wondering why that is. Now talk about going deeper. I mean, he was absolutely right. Yeah. You know, even the whole idea of asking good questions in order to go deeper, 
when it's only one-sided, if I'm not willing to go deeper, see, I love it when other people go deep with me, but I may be guarded about going deep with them. Yeah. And he turned that around and put a mirror right up in front of me and just said, hey, um, I'm just kind of (laughs) wondering... Whether you're using your question asking skills oh as a defensive strategy for keeping yourself shallow. I would have loved it to just been a fly on the wall so I could record the look on your face. <laughs> oh, I, I think I sat in silence. I'll have to ask Jeff, but I think I was like, dang, that's a good question. <laughs> I don't have a good response. I don't, I don't. I don't. I had to stop and I had to say, you know what? First, it first was. You know, when somebody hits you with something like that in the mm-hmm. solar plexus, you yeah. just know it's right. You know right. it's true. Mm-hmm. You know, and there isn't any defending it. It's just that's what it is. Yeah. And I realized, I, I, yeah, I don't know why. <laughs> I don't know why, but I think it's just the same reason it is for everybody else is that yeah. it's so much easier for other people to get uncomfortable than it is for ourselves. Sure, yeah. Do you think we as a culture or society are perhaps falling into a cultural norm type situation where even if we want deeper conversation that we're just kind of stuck in small talk we just because we've accepted the fact that this is what our culture does per se well i think that there's a large part of that i think the effect of that is that not many of us have had that modeled for us Hmm. i certainly grew up in a home where that wasn't modeled as well yeah and in fact i would say that the reason i'm good at it is because i'm married to an introvert yeah. And Anna's a very deep thinker and she's got a very rich reservoir. And if yeah. I was going to unpack what was in there, <laughs> I was going to need her help. Yeah. And she's very good at being able to make sure that we weren't just staying at the surface. Yeah. That we were going deep. She probably needs that to feel intimate even. Oh yeah, I, I suspect so. Yeah. And like all of us, you know, there's both the need to have it and also the threat when you get it. Yeah. <laughs> That's really what intimacy is though, is mm-hmm. is being willing to open up and expose the most vulnerable parts of yourself to someone else. If there isn't a better definition of intimacy than that, I mean, I don't know what it is. Think about sexual intimacy. That's what it is. It's you're yeah. opening up the most vulnerable parts of yourself to someone else and you're trusting them with it. And yeah. that's what intimacy is. And, you know, as we said at the outset, this isn't just confined to interpersonal relationships outside of a work setting. If you want to build trust with employees, Mm -hmm. you have to have that same kind of concern for who they are as people first, not just employees. Because you think about employees as employees, then you're thinking about what good they can do for your company. And you're really not thinking about what are you here for? Yeah. And what is it that's keeping you from it, from the Thomas Merton questions? Hmm. One of the workshops I go into, I talk about the need to maintain both a corporate need, a corporate objective, as well as understanding the personal objective. So really, to lead well, Hmm. you're not only keeping in mind what the company needs in order to make that happen, but also what the employee needs. And you're trying to find a way with them to bring out the best of both. Because that's really when you have an empowered and engaged employee. In fact, that's when you have strong bonds of relationship and and trust that builds from that. Which is so weird that when you build a bond with people in a professional climate or atmosphere, environment, or whatever the word is I'm looking for here, that because it's so rare to have deep relationships in professional settings, that once you build them, people will fight to keep them even if other opportunities come mm-hmm. and says, here's, here's a better title, here's better status, here's more money. P- 
people will actually fight and resist other opportunities or dismiss them entirely just so they can keep their relationships because they don't want to let go of that environment that they're in. Think about your high school friends and how painful it was to have everybody scatter to the wind. Oh, I didn't yeah. care at all. <laughs> okay. <laughs> For some people, they formed deep friendships there that now had to be transformed or yeah. reformed or transitioned on. Mm-hmm. We are social people. Mm-hmm. We are social people. And sometimes the ways in which we protect ourselves from hurt when there's separation like that is by not going deeper. Yeah. I remember one guy that was at one of my men's groups that I was leading for a while. Yeah. We got into some very deep, deep conversation. I mean, it's funny. You get some guys together and usually his round surface talk, you know, you're, you're going to talk about Hal's business or, you know, what did you think about the game last night or whatever, right? His wife, blah, blah. Yeah. And I was pretty intentional in part because of the reading assignments we had, which caused us to have to go deep and ask some really deep questions. Well, over the course of time, men started to trust each other in a way that they didn't find relationships that they had outside of that circle that were nearly as trustworthy. And so they Mm. started sharing things and sharing things that they hadn't even shared with their wives. One guy at one point said, hey, I'm pretty uncomfortable with this. He took me aside and he says, I I don't think I want to know all this about the people that I'm in. Did you say, I think you're in the wrong group? I did. I said, said, what I wanted to say is suck it up. You know, I wanted to say, look, this is real life. This is where people are at. But he was basically saying, Hey, I just, I prefer just not knowing where people are at Mm -hmm. and just kind of have this Disney world view of everybody. You know, there's a Cinderella and a Prince Charming. I don't need to know that there's stuff that they're wrestling with, that mm. their dark sides of their... I mean, I just prefer when I see them in church to not have to think that they have any challenges in their life. Mm. It somehow makes me more comfortable. Well, I mean, if that isn't the height of kind of self-interest, yeah, <laughs> it was sad. Yeah. You know, it was sad. But first of all, I commended him because he was being authentic with me. That's you, true. It, I didn't even think if, about that. Yeah. It, it, even if it was not what we would want to have, yeah. you know, and it wasn't the purpose of the group because we wanted to go deep and be mm-hmm. able to have that safety... He at least was vulnerable with me to say, hey, I can't get there. Yeah. You know, and so I applauded that, even though I, I was hoping that there would be a different response. But that's a challenge. I mean, I think that, that a lot for a lot of people, they don't want to know that there are other people with messy lives. Yeah. Because they, it either obligates them to do something about it, or it somehow gives them stress to imagine that. And they just prefer everything be neat and tidy. That's so true. There is a fear factor of being around vulnerable people because just like you said, it does kind of make you feel obligated to be vulnerable and sometimes yeah, you don't want to reveal that. <laughs> right. You know, I mean, at the top of the show, we called this How to Move Beyond Small Talk, and or at least that's the title of the show. So we should probably talk about some ways to get beyond the small talk and move into deeper conversation with people. What are some of your thoughts? Okay, so one of the things I see happen a lot is I think what's called mirroring. Have you heard of that? Sure. Okay. So, for example, someone comes up to you and says, it's a beautiful day, right? Or we're having a beautiful day today, aren't we? Or wh- whatever it is. Cold day, hot day, warm day, gloomy day, rainy day, whatever the weather report is, right? So and, you had a bad day. Oh, my. Larry, <laughs> are you kidding? 
<laughs> Sorry, you, you brought it. Find you, it? you brought it up. You brought it to this episode again. Is that five episodes in a row? Four episodes? I'm reporting. It's gonna be our theme song. <laughs> There's a way to report you <laughs> to police for this. I would <laughs> podcast abuse, <laughs> cruel and unusual punishment. <laughs> I just got booted off the set. I'm willing to do this. <laughs> I'm sorry. Go ahead. Okay. So mir- mirroring is what I see. So typically you say. You give your weather report and then somebody says, yes, it's a beautiful day out. Right. Okay. What, what do you do with that? What? Yeah. It, you just got into a cul-de-sac. Yeah. A conversational cul-de-sac. Yeah. So, <laughs> Turn around, go right, back out. Go the other way. All right. Good seeing you. <laughs> and I think one of the issues is, is that we're stuck in this mindset of canned replies, right? Where it's someone asks a question. You already know the response to it before you thought about it because you you think that's the way you're supposed to respond. And I think one of the greatest things that we could ever do is take those canned replies out of our mind and think about something maybe completely weird to say in response. Mm. Be bold. Say something that's completely irrelevant. I I don't know. Just do something (laughs) that's other than, yeah, it's nice out. Mm Mm-hmm. And then sit there with that dead air of silence. Who cares? Or just say, you know, I'm pretty pasty. I kind of hate the sun. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Say say something that opens up the conversation <laughs> other than leaving it on an exclamation point. I know a guy when I ask him, so how are you doing? He says, well, I'm on the right side of the grass. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there you go. Say something. <laughs> Even if you don't know what least, that means. <laughs> well, at, least, at least it's good for a chuckle. Right? I think that mirroring thing, if we could get rid of the whole mirroring process of just, it's a nice day. Yeah, it's a nice day. Good day at work. Yeah, good day at work. Just just come up with something different to say, just to change the tone of the conversation. There's an aspect of mirroring, which if you just, if you just reflect back what they say, that's not as helpful as if no. you help guide them. And let me give you an example. I mean, we may have talked about this at one time, but I left Anna alone at a, at a show, mm-hmm. not a show, at a, at a party, remember? Right. And she engaged with this woman that she had no idea what she was talking about. She was talking about programming, and Anna has no idea about <laughs> programming. But she was very engaged in getting this woman talking about going really deep in, in her, what she was doing just by reframing what she said and asking a question following where her energy was. Right Now, that doesn't necessarily serve the interest of both parties, <laughs> but it was, exactly. it was an example, I think, of someone who can get somebody to come out and maybe open up. And I think one of the things that probably did happen as a consequence of that conversation i mean is even though anna didn't know exactly what the other person was saying i think the other person felt like they were being understood sure even though anna didn't understand right. which has the result then of, of having a more trusted conversation so the possibility of them being able to go perhaps on another topic a little bit deeper was probably improved right and i think there's value in that but i but i think the deeper value and, and i guess i'm not I'm not arguing or debating your point, but I just, I guess in terms of conversation, I just, I just feel like the deeper values come from both parties being fully engaged and interested in what's happening in the dialogue that's taking place, right? If you are the person that really wants to have those deeper conversations because you find so much value in them, I think there has to be a way to have this conversation or have a dialogue that keeps you both interested. Mm -hmm. Not, not just because... I guess I would lose patience of deep conversation if a deep conversation ends up being a counseling session every time. Yeah. Obviously, when you have an open question given to you by somebody else, take that as a means to step through the door being a little bit vulnerable to 
to see where it goes. If they take it up and they carry it further, then you know you have an active, engaged partner that wants to have a deeper conversation. But if you're on the asking questions side, right? The, The key here is to enter into it with a sense of trying to gain their opinion about something Mm -hmm. and to ask them a question that leads them along in an area that may be of mutual interest or it may be an area that you know they have an interest in. Right. Right. Which I would say, okay, so here's where people start falling apart, at least that I've seen, is that when the opinions come in, the offense comes in. So if there's any way that you can dismiss offense... And dismiss this idea if that you're in conversation that somehow you have to be right or you have to get them to see things the way that you do rather than having it be right or wrong or your opinion or being understood. What if your goal, even if their opinion is offensive and completely different, what if your goal was to learn more? Yeah. Right? Exactly even if it's right. politics, religion, what, what, whatever or, other topics... Or- or perhaps even to say, what if your goal, because you may know more than the other person. I mean, they may be speaking out of their ignorance, mm-hmm. but what if your goal was to understand just their perspective? Yes. And that's really, then it moves you into a relationship with somebody where the purpose is for you to demonstrate empathy. In other yes. words, you're willing to stand on their side of the table. Even if you don't agree with them, mm-hmm. you're at least willing to explore what they believe. Now, I was in a course not long ago, and the person teaching the course said some things that were completely outside of my worldview. I mean, I wanted to just stand up and go, oh, yeah, totally. (laughs) I I, I was preparing myself with all the defensive posture. I could feel all the guards. You know how that happens is somebody says a trigger thing, and then all of a sudden, it's like your armor starts to get put in place. And I, and I, I was aware of it. I could feel it happening. And I... I immediately, or not quite immediately, but I thought through it, and I said, "No, you know, I have two, I have two choices here right now. I can mm-hmm. I can sit back and I can start being critical sure. and do everything through the lens of what I need to defend, or I can say, wait a minute, maybe what I could do is I could put away all the armor and I could say, how are they seeing this? Mm-hmm. In other words, I could try to understand from their paradigm. Yeah. See, understanding something the way somebody else understands it yeah. doesn't mean that you've abandoned your own perspective. Right. And so often we get confused about that. We think that if we somehow demonstrate that we have empathy for or understanding of somebody else's perspective, we've somehow abandoned our own. Yes. But really the sign of his intelligence is being able to hold a couple of different perspectives in view. Even if you don't agree with it, you can at least understand where they're coming from. Yes, absolutely. You mentioned this quote earlier not on this, uh, not on while we've been on the podcast while we were talking earlier, but there was a quote that was about asking questions. What was that? Do you remember that quote? Well, it was something along the lines of the questions are more important than the answers. Yes. Because the questions help you frame the possible range of answers that you can come to. And when you ask good questions, you are opening up somebody's ability to see something perhaps that they hadn't seen before. Right. Whereas answers are always closed. Mm-hmm. As soon as you have an answer, you're done. Yes. Questions are inviting. They create the opportunity to explore. Yes. That's what they do. Answers, that's it. Answers are it. Now, let's put it back on the shelf and we're done. Yes. (laughs) And to that point, I think one of the most critical things is if you're trying to have a deep conversation is showing genuine interest. Yes. Right? And people always ask, well, how do I show genuine interest if I'm actually not interested in what we've been talking about so far? Mm Mm-hmm. 
ask questions. Right. Anytime you ask questions, you're actually showing genuine interest because you're, yep. you're saying I'm interested enough and I'm willing to give you one of my most valuable assets, which is time. Right. And I'm asking you this question because I care enough to hear your side of it. And we all have this longing for someone to notice us and pay attention to us because it helps us feel validated and important and like we have something to contribute. Mm -hmm. Mark Goldston wrote a book called Just Listen. Okay. And he has this process he calls FTD, which is an, you know, because the florist FTD. Okay. But, but he says, feel, think, and do. And if you mm -hmm. ask people about those three things, get them to talk about what they feel about something, what they think about something, and what they are doing. Yeah. Those are ways in which you can generate deeper conversation. And he says, when you cover all three, when you get somebody to talk about how they feel about something, how, what they think about something, and what they are doing or what they would do, then most often the research has shown that people will then feel most understood. Hmm. Touching base on all three, FTD, feel, think, do. It's a, really an excellent idea. I like that a lot. Okay, I'm going to throw out a few questions. Maybe you have questions that you would want to add into this of questions that you could ask in a conversation. So instead of asking, how are you doing? Maybe say, what's your story? I think that's one of my favorite lines. I, I, I think I freeze up because I have no idea where to start half the time. Yeah. But I think it's a fantastic start because no matter who has been that's at, has said that to me and I've heard it, I, I shouldn't say a hundred times or anything like that. The few times that someone has asked me that question, I realized immediately this conversation is about to be different than the other 50 I've had, right? Yep. Because it's not a weather, it's not how are you doing, whatever. It's right. what's your story. Is there any other questions that you would throw out there? Maybe that would be a good example of going deeper quicker. Well, I think a very simple one is is a different way to say the same thing. What, instead of what's your story. Personally, I think I might freeze on a what's your story question because it I, sounds... Yeah. It sounds very aloof and like I have to have something tidy. When I think about a story, I think about something that's very structured. Yeah. And when I think about my life, it ain't very structured. Right. So that automatically creates a conflict. But simply something like, tell me about yourself. And if there's a need for leading, you know, find what they lead with. Mm -hmm. You know, if there's a need for leading, then you say, you know, so tell me about your involvement with whatever mm -hmm. and how did you get started or anything. Those are obviously good questions for the first time you've met somebody. Yeah. And when you get along a little bit further, you I think you get a sense of what kinds of questions people could need to open up a little bit more to you. But I always find that it's easier sometimes when you're willing to go first. That's true. Okay, here, here's a really good one I got. It was a networking event. There was no exchange of greetings or anything like that. Guy walks up to me, sits next to me and says, who do you think is the luckiest guy in this room? And just paused. And I don't know why, but that guy and I, just based on that question, talked for like 20 minutes and laughed, bonded, hung out a couple more times after that, but something like that. Yeah, that's, that's very intriguing It's question. not predictable. It wasn't. Right. I think the moral of the story being, ask creative questions. Don't make it about the small talk. Make it about the relationship and getting to know each other. And I think if you can get beyond the small talk, you can make impact. You can make an impression. You can leave a mark. You can be remembered. You can do so much more if you can get past the small talk. As a matter of fact, you may build relationships that you don't even know were possible because you were willing to take the risk of being vulnerable and genuinely caring, giving up something as important as time. And it might change the trajectory of your life and your relationships and your future. It sounds dramatic, but I honestly think it's true. Yeah. Well, that's good. Now, that's a good summary. 
So we should probably move into a challenge me. Oh, man. We didn't even think of one ahead of time. <laughs> I guess my challenge would be this. I don't know what yours would be, but maybe we can have two different ones here. I would say next time you catch yourself in a moment or an opportunity to have small talk, to use that as an opportunity to go deeper rather than letting it sit there in the small talk level. Yeah. And I would just add to that. I would say maybe use Mark Goldston's FTD process and just think that because it's easy to remember, uh, you know, how do you, do you feel about too? something? What do you think about something? What do you plan to do? Hmm. And just use that as a way to say, have, have I covered the grounds, getting them to say something about how they feel, how they think and what they're doing. That's right. And that might just be a great way to do it. And you guys are creative enough to come up with your own questions. I like the one that the guy asked, who's the luckiest person here? <laughs> Well, we didn't want to leave an episode on small talk less than rich <laughs> with small talk. <laughs> so you can find our show notes with, with some of the summary of this conversation at reinventure.me slash 122. Or call our show line. Give us some of the small talk advice of your own. 612-314-5447. Love to get your comments either on our show line or at our webpage. We always love hearing from you. So that's all we have. This is Larry Gates. And Armin Asadi. We'll see you next week. You've been listening to the Reinventure Me podcast with your hosts, Larry Gates and Armin Asadi.